Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hebrews chapter number 4, starting in verse number 1, and reading verse number 1 and verse number 2. Let us therefore fear, lest a promise being left us of entering into his rest, any of you should seem to come short of it. Paul's saying... Fear God, lest the promise that He's given of you, given unto you, you don't believe it. You fall short of achieving what God has given unto you. Verse 2 is where I want to get at tonight. Y'all have heard me quote this several times, but I want to read this to you tonight. I want to preach from this verse. For unto us, everybody say, unto us, was the gospel preached as well as unto them. But the word preached did not profit them. Somebody say, it didn't profit them, but it profited us. It did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. Amen. How many of you know tonight that faith cometh by hearing? And hearing by the Word of God. I want to preach to you. I have kind of a unique title tonight. I'm going to preach to you, and this may not make a whole lot of sense to you at the moment, but I, I hope, I told my wife, she was asking me about some things I was bringing with me. And I was telling her, and she was just kind of giving me a look. And I said, it, I said, I promise it all makes sense. And then I said, I hope it makes sense. I think that it will. I want to title this message tonight, How Cake Mix Taught Me About Faith. Somebody turn to your neighbor and say, I hope this makes sense. Thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to preach to your people. I thank you for these folks, Lord, that have worked hard all day, that have labored and still found it important to find their way to your house. I ask of you, God, Lord, that we would not come void, and your word promises us that it will not return void. So I ask of you, God, that as your word goes forth, God, that there would be a mixing process that would happen in this place tonight. And Lord, I don't believe this is just a Wednesday where we go home the same way we left, but I believe, God, even on a Wednesday night, you want to do something in the heart of your people. Lord, let your word that goes forth, God, let it be anointed from my lips tonight, God, that I may preach the word as you gave it unto me, God. God, removing myself from it, let the power of your word do its work. In the name of Jesus Christ. Everybody shout in Jesus' name. Say it again in Jesus' name. Man, God bless you. If you're going to preach with me, you may be seated tonight. Man, everybody likes a good cake, right? Uh, Now, it doesn't have to be cake for me. Sister Crystal knows that. 
she she's kind enough that whenever she makes sweets at the house, she now I better I shouldn't I shouldn't even tell y'all this because then y'all won't be y'all are gonna be wanting some, and they're for me. They're not for anybody else. Man, every once in a while she tells me, "Now you make sure your wife gets some of these." And then the next service she'd say, "Did your wife get some?" And I'd say, "No, I, I ate them before she got a chance." So then she started packaging them separate and gave gave Kenzie hers. Amen. But uh, but I have a, I have a little bit of a sweet tooth. I like a good cake. Anybody like cake in the house? Now let me ask you this: Anybody don't care nothing about the cake and just likes the icing? Glory, glory. Some of y'all, what's wrong with y'all? Y'all sitting there shaking your heads at me. Y'all need to pray through to the Holy Ghost. What y'all need to do? Amen, amen. There's just something about me. In fact, we were sitting sitting at the house yesterday, and y'all don't be distracted by all this stuff. Y'all just keep your, keep your eyes on me, keep your ears attentive. But we were sitting at the house yesterday, and uh, uh, my wife's grandmother was talking about, uh, she was talking about something that they had. We got any Cracker Barrel fans in the house? Anybody like Cracker Barrel? I don't. I was a fan after she said what she said. She said, they've got this new pancake, and it's kind of like a crepe, and it's got this... Uh, 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 what did she say that was in the middle? Cream cheese. She said, it's not real thick. It's almost like syrup. She said, but it's cream cheese down the middle of it with strawberries. By the time she was at the end of what she was talking about, I was like, let's go to Cracker Barrel right, right now. <laughs> Somebody said, that makes good dessert. And I said, dessert? That makes good breakfast and dessert and lunch. And <laughs> what y'all talking about? Dessert. Amen. I say all that to say I, I, like, I like some cake. I like, I like a good piece of cake. I love the sweetness of it. Now, don't get me wrong. I like meat. Forgive me all the vegetarians in the house. But uh, I, I like everything else that, that might come along with dinner too. But there's nothing like getting a, getting a piece of sweetness after you've filled your belly up. Y'all know how it is. You can fill your belly up eating a steak with mashed potatoes and corn because there's no other way to eat steak except for without, with mashed potatoes and corn. And you say, there's, impossible, there's just no way I'm going to get anything else in me. And then somebody slides a piece of cake across. I think I can make room for that. Why? Because we like cake. But I was thinking about this. Now, I'm going to ask, uh, I'm going to ask a, a question, and I hope that you would be honest with me in the house, because I know this is kind of, this, this may be kind of like some, some voodoo. Um, but uh, anybody in the house ever been confused at any point in your life with faith? Anybody ever been confused with faith? How does it work and, and how come I can do this here and this will work, but then I do this over here and it doesn't work there? And, and, and it's something that we talk about often, Brother Zach. We talk about faith. We talk about how much we need faith and we talk about how much uh, we need to operate in faith, but we don't really know what faith is. Anybody ever read Hebrews chapter number 11? And, and it's all about faith. It's the Faith Hall of Fame. But still yet, there's, there's still a, there still might be a question mark in your spirit wondering exactly how am I to interpret this Scripture. Well, I'm going to tell you tonight that God taught me about faith through cake. If it tells you about how much of a foodie I am, I get spiritual revelation from cake. Anybody else in the house? Sister Priscilla is embarrassed for me tonight. Man. 
But I, I, was, I was thinking about this, and, and I was really, God's been dealing with me about this topic for a while, but I said, God, I, I'm not really sure how to deliver this. And then he helped me, because that's what happens when you ask God questions. It may take a little while, but he'll help you. Just hang in there. But, but, but uh, in cake, anybody in the house ever made a cake before? Yeah, yeah, that's about how I am. You try. Anybody real good at making cake? Anybody think you're real good at making cake? Amen. I'm the kind of person I like to think that I can make a cake and then nobody else wants to eat my cake and then I realize I'm the only one that thinks I make cake real good. But I come to understand something. There's, there's a super important ingredient in making cake. Anybody know what it is? Cake mix. Now, you, there's other things that go into it, and I'll, I'll get to that here in a moment. But you can, you can and now y'all, y'all are going to be coming up to me later saying, well, you could do this or you could do that. Y'all just work with me, okay? Don't, don't, don't be rebuking me in your seat tonight, okay? But uh, um, I, uh, I, got to, I got to thinking about this, and, and you realize that there's a lot of things that go into making a cake, but the most important ingredient that you need to be able to make a cake is what the cake is made of. Amen? It's the mixture. It's the, it's, it's the bait. Anybody like, anybody like red velvet cake? Yeah, some of y'all get real nervous because you know the top's open on this. And I'm just doing like this. And y'all are like, hang on, you're going to make a mess. I'm, I'm not going to make a mess. Y'all just calm down. Anybody like red velvet cake? Pretty good. I was looking up there. Brother Adams is back here. I was in Dollar General earlier, and they had white cake, and they had vanilla cake that it was sitting on the end. They had it marked down to $1.25, and I thought, well, I might as well just do that. But then I looked over, and there was red velvet cake for $1.65. So y'all just know, I've invested 40 extra cents in this message tonight. Okay, But I was, I was looking over there, and I thought, I, I believe that there would be a lot of people in the house that, that would connect with, with a message that involves red velvet cake mix. So I've already mentioned that, 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 that cake mix is probably the most important ingredient, well it is the most important ingredient, in, in, in making a cake. It's going to be real tough to make a cake without the basis of what cake is made of. Somebody say amen. But, but you'd be surprised to know that uh, I've, I've, I've done this before, as I'm doing at the moment. I'm being real careful not to make a huge mess, okay? I'll clean it up. Y'all just, just hone in on what I'm saying tonight, okay? But I was surprised, Sister, Sister Tally, to find out that I couldn't just pour cake mix in a bowl and pour it into a pan and then get cake. Why? Are y'all still with me tonight? Because the mix, the cake mix, the, the basis of what the cake is made from is, is the most important part but it's not the only thing that's needed for the desired result. Amen? See, there's other things that go into it, and you can look at the back of this and you'll realize that there's a little bit of, of water that's got to go in, into this cake mix. And it says, it says a cup and a fourth of water. And uh, I don't know, maybe that, that's about right, don't y'all think? A little bit more? A little bit more? Sister Ray said, how about that? Y'all go, I gotta have something to drink. Y'all calm down. But but
But then I realized, Brother, Brother Ezel, that this will turn into liquid or close enough. It'll get there. But even if I try to just throw this or put this in a pan, I'm still not going to get what I'm looking for. It's still going to be kind of bland. It's still the basis of what I'm trying to get to, Sister, Sister Columb. But it's not quite there. Not everything is there. So then you begin to realize that you need a little bit of vegetable oil. And I got, I got extra virgin olive oil, okay? And I wasn't going to tell y'all, but I knew some of y'all would be saying, Oh, no, no, that's not right. I know it's not right. That's just what I had in the cabinet, so that's what I grabbed, okay? But I realized, Sister Catherine, that even I can put, I can put the oil in there, and it says half a cup. That's nowhere even near half a cup, but that's just going to have to do, okay? But I realized, Sister Pearson, even with cake mix, and even with some water, somebody say it's still not enough, and then even with some oil, somebody say it's still not enough, there's still something else because I can just pour this in a pan and throw it in the oven and in how long? Somebody tell me how long this is going to take. 30 minutes, 25, 30 minutes, okay? Even in 30 minutes, Sister Sylvia, I'm going to open up the oven and I'm going to realize it's still not what I'm looking for. Why? Because it's missing an ingredient. Somebody say it's missing some eggs. Now I'm just gonna I'm just gonna admit to y'all these these eggs are out of date, okay? But it'll be okay. Nobody's gonna eat this, so y'all just calm down. This is just for visual visual purposes. So and and then you can drop drop the shell in there, and that makes it even better, okay? But but you get to the point where you're you're putting <laughs> you're put, <laughs> I'm glad I got y'all involved in this message tonight, man. You're putting everything that the cake needs in there, okay? Sister, Sister Tally, we've got the mix, and we've got something to put the mix in. Amen? We've got our water, and we've got our extra virgin olive oil. And then we've added our eggs. Now, we've just got one, but I made a mess with that one, so I'm just going to quit while I'm ahead. We've got our eggs. Somebody say, bless him, Lord. That's how I know I'm starting to get off track whenever a sister in the crowd says, bless him, Lord. But, but, but I've got all the ingredients now, Pastor. But I come to realize in, in, in making the cake and God correlating cake mix and how to make a cake, in my response or my, my questioning of how to, how, to, how to operate in faith, I realize that while I've got everything that's vital, including extra, in my cake mix, Brother Ezel, I've come to realize something and that is this. While I've got everything that I need, I can still pour this in a pan, Sister Crystal, and in 30 minutes, I'm still going to be upset with what I've got. Somebody look at your neighbor and say, he's going to start preaching now. Why is that? How is it that we can have all of the ingredients of what's vital for the product that we're searching for, but even though we've got everything that's necessary there, we're still not able to reach our destination of what it is we're trying to get? Let me help you with something. Because I've come to realize that the most important part of what it is you're trying to make and the desired product of what you're trying to achieve is not something that you could see. It's not something, y'all know some of y'all know where I'm going with this because I've got a I've got a, a spoon in my hand. 
But, but I've come to realize, brother, something, Brother Moles, is that even though I have everything that the box told me that I need, there's still an action that i got to put into this to make it get to where I want it to go. Amen? You can't see what I'm about to do. You can once I do it. But it's not something that you can see with your natural eye. It's not something that you can... That you can maybe even visualize or something that you can put your hands on. But I'm here to tell you the most important part outside of the cake mix and outside of the water and outside of the oil and outside of the egg is this. I've got to put it all into a vessel and I've got to put some action with it. Because now, now I know I've got an eggshell in there and I know I've got extra virgin olive oil in there and I know I don't have enough water and I know I don't have enough eggs. I come to realize that even I can mix this up and once I get it mixed up really good, I can, it's probably not going to taste good because I haven't put in there exactly what it needs. But when I put it in the oven, amen, and 30 minutes later, I'm going to be able to see something that I'm proud of. Why? Because I've done everything that, that the box told me to do. Now I know I've been talking about cake tonight. And I know I've been talking about something. Some of y'all got slobber dripping down your chin tonight. I need to pass out Kleenexes to all of you tonight. Amen. Somebody tell them it's about to get spiritual now. It's about to get spiritual now. See, we come to a point in our faith, okay, where we start off with a vessel. And we start off with the most vital part of anything that we're ever going to do in life, and that is the Word of God. But I'm here to tell you tonight, there's things that the Word of God tells you to do that you may not be able to see and you may not even attain it at the moment. But let me tell you, you can say the Word all day long, but there's things the Word tells you to do that's going to make you put some action in to the product that you so desire. Can I speak to somebody in the place tonight that's looking for healing? This book has promised you healing, but sometimes the Word tells you you got to do something extra to get the product that you so desire. Let me tell somebody in the place tonight that wants the gift of the Holy Ghost, this book has promised you His gift, but sometimes you got to do a little bit extra to get the desired product. Why? Because that's how faith works. Somebody nudge your neighbor and tell them that's how faith works. Paul wrote in Hebrews chapter number 4 starting in verse number 1 and he said there's a marker. There's things God has promised you. He said but never get outside of the fear of God because there may come a point if you get outside of the fear of God and you get outside of operating in faith that even though God's promised it to you, you won't receive it. You'll fall short of it. Somebody, somebody said, that's not fair. Well, he tells you why in the next verse. Because even though God's promised it to you, He said there was things preached to us and things preached to them. But the Word that was spoken didn't profit them because they didn't mix it with faith. See, they listen to me tonight. They had the Word. And they may have even had a few ingredients, but they refused to put the mix in to what it was that God had promised them to do. 
There's a little bit of action that God is calling somebody in this place to do. I know it's Wednesday night and I'm supposed to walk up to the pulpit and be monotone and I'm supposed to limit myself on what all I say and what all I do because that's what somebody else does. But let me tell you something in the house of worship tonight. I didn't come up here to be monotone and I didn't come here to be on a time schedule. I came to deliver the Word of the Lord to somebody and that is this. God wants to do great things in your life and God wants to do great things in this church and God wants to do great things in this building but there's a process in which God has called us to do to get to where he wants us to go somebody say faith it's a question sometimes okay so so Paul if you're telling us that they didn't get what they were looking for because they didn't mix it with faith then please help me understand What is faith? Because I've been told that all I need is the Word, and you need the Word. Somebody tell your neighbor, you need the Word. You can't live without the Word. But let me tell you something tonight. There's stuff in the Word that the Word tells you to do that's going to further your steps toward your desired product. In fact, the book of Hebrews chapter number 11, verse number 1 tells us that faith is the substance. Let me say it like this tonight. Faith is the ingredients of things hoped for. Can I use cake? Can I use cake to to help you with this tonight? Faith is the ingredients of things hoped for being the cake. The evidence, the ingredients of the cake that you cannot see. Because you know you picked up a box and you know that it's supposed to look like this. But there's things that you've got to do to get here. Because just, be, uh, just because the box, Brother Ezel promised me this, doesn't mean I just open up the box and things begin to happen. I've got to do something with what the box tells me to do to get to where the box told me I'm going to get to go. We know that without... Faith without the ingredients, the Bible says in in Hebrews 11 verse number 6, that it is impossible. Somebody say it can't happen. It's impossible to please God. For he that cometh to God must believe. Somebody say believe. You must believe that he is, but also that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. You know what Paul was saying? He said the first thing you must do when you come to God is you must put the ingredients in the bowl. There must be, there must be a belief or faith that happens. There must be an understanding that if I'll do what God's told me to do, He'll give me what He promised He would give me. He that cometh to God must believe that He is, but also that He will reward them that do a little bit of mixing. Are you understanding what I'm preaching tonight? Because I'm really going to try not to preach too long tonight, but I feel something in my spirit, and that is this. There's somebody in this place that you're wondering, why can't I get to where I'm supposed to go? And why has God promised me things that have not come to pass? And He sent this preacher to the pulpit tonight to use a very natural example to help you understand. You can't just ride with the Word. You've got to do something with the Word. I'm losing some of you. 
I said, you can't just take God's Word and then go to bed and lay in bed and say, well, God said. His Word tells you, take my Word and, and, and understand that if you'll diligently seek me, if you'll put some action into what my Word tells you to do. I don't know that I believe that. Well, let's take it from a different writer in the Bible. James chapter number 2, verse number 17 says this, Even so, faith. Somebody say faith. If it does not have works, somebody say action. It is dead. Being alone. It's not that the Word was a liar. It's just that the Word's told us, you can't just take my Word, you've got to do something with my Word. I'm losing some of you. Then verse 19 says this, you believe that there's one God. Awesome. But the devils also believe and they tremble. And then verse 20 says this, But wilt thou know, O vain man, that faith without works, somebody say action, is dead? Verse 26 says this, For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. I'm not here to tell you tonight that you don't need to believe because you have to believe God if you're going to get what He's promised you. I'm just here to tell you you can't just work off of belief itself. You've got to put some action with your belief. Somebody said, oh, I, I believe God's Word. I just have difficulty expressing God's Word. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Let me tell you, can I help you with that? Can I help you understand why you're having trouble expressing yourself through what God's told you to do? It's really an eye problem. Not the letter I, but a, but a physical body part, an eye. Hear how quiet it got in the building? Y'all were hoping it was going to be something more profound than that. But I was just going to tell you what God spoke to me this afternoon. The eye, see the eye itself... The eyeball itself is not, is not alone what actually allows us to see. Because at the back of your eye, uh, at, the, at, at the back of each retina or eyeball, there is a collection of over one million nerve fibers that connects your eye to the brain called the optic nerve. And the, the job of the optic nerve, its sole purpose is to send a message to your brain and the brain from that point has the opportunity or the responsibility to interpret the message that your eye sent it and to interpret it as a visual image. So what your eye is telling your brain is now what your brain is telling you is a fact. And the problem is, is that we come to the point where we, we we're told that healing is happening and that healing is coming, but our eye doesn't see it. So our eye tells our brain it's not happening yet. And then our brain comes to the, comes to the conclusion that maybe the preacher missed it. 
I know it's Wednesday, but can y'all just preach with me for just a few minutes? I, here's, here's what happens, Sister Tally, is the preacher gets in the pulpit and reads God's Word and tells us that there's going to be a revival that takes place, but then you come to church on Wednesday night and see a bunch of empty pews, and your eye tells your brain, and your brain interprets that as, maybe he missed it. Because your brain through your eye is playing tricks on you. And that's where the, that's where the mindset or the, the phrasing comes. Well, if I believe it, if I see it, then I'll believe it. But in our approach to God, you can't come with a, let me see it and then I'll believe it. You've got to approach God with, hey, I'll believe it and then I'll, I believe you'll let me see what it is that you have for me. So let me speak to somebody in the building tonight who's gotten the report that you're going to be healed. I don't care what your eye is telling you. Let your brain understand that though I'm still hurting in my body, something greater is on its way. I got a couple of you on board with me that time, so let me say it like this. I know you got a report that revival's coming, and it seems like all hell is breaking loose in your life. But if somehow and some way you can get your brain to understand, I can't see it, but I trust God's word, it will come to pass. Even though I don't see it. He's working. Even though I don't feel it, He's working. Why? Because He never stops working. Because His Word will never return void. His Word told us to go. His Word told us to move. His Word told us you shall reap if you faint not. So I'm coming with just an encouraging message tonight and that is this. If He said it, it's going to happen. Rip that check out of the out of the out, out, out of the checkbook and take it to the bank and deposit it with confidence, knowing I don't have the money to fulfill this, but he owns the cattle on a thousand hills. I was really hoping there was going to be some people in this place tonight that would preach with the preacher. I just come tonight to try to encourage you in the middle of all your mess. God is on your side. And He has not forsaken you. That's why. It's through these, 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 these games that our brain plays with us. See, your heart wants to believe God. But your eyes have been telling your brain it ain't happening yet. And it's through these slippery slopes and these games that your brain is playing on you. That's why the Word tells us. Somebody say, Paul again. In 2 Corinthians chapter number 10, verse number 4, he started off like this. It said, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. Somebody say, they're not fleshly. But they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. And then he said this, in case, in case your eyes playing, in case your eyes telling your brain something and your brain's trying to play tricks on you, he said, do this, cast down imaginations and every high thing that it exalteth itself against the knowledge of God. He said, so if your brain's 
trying to tell you one thing, but your heart believes another thing. You need to take dominion over your mind and cast down every negative thought that's in your mind and know that anything that exalts it, anything that tries to put itself above the Word of God is not of God. It's not, it's, it's not the Word. Cast it down. Cast down every imagination and every high thing that puts itself above God and bring into captivity every thought. Everything that this brain of yours is trying to tell you because your heart wants to believe it and your heart's in it. And you come to church and that's why you still clap your hands because your heart's in it. And that's the reason why you still muster up the strength to come to an altar because your heart believes it. But your mind is telling you there's no way it can happen. There's no way the money is going to be there. There's no way that the finances are going to work out. There's no way that my parents are going to make their way back to God. There's no way that the promise is going to be fulfilled field. And this preacher this afternoon got a revelation from what God was speaking through Paul. And he's saying everything your brain is trying to tell you, cast it down. Because the brain is trying to tell you one thing and I'm trying to tell you another thing. So everything that your brain is trying to exalt over God, put it down. Bring into captivity. Take dominion over every thought. To the obedience of Christ. But let me tell you how to do that. Go to the next verse, sis. And having in readiness to revenge all disobedience. I know this, the Bible's kind of confusing to, sometimes when they word it like this. So let me say it, let me say it like this. He's saying if you want to be ready to revenge all disobedience in your life, if you want to go to war with disobedience in your life, he said this. The only reason, to, the only way to do that is when obedience is fulfilled in your life. The way that you combat disobedience is to begin to obey. What are you trying to say tonight? I'm trying to tell you the only way you're going to be able to cast down those things is when you take the Word and start obeying what the Word tells you to do. Well, Brother Lance, I just think, stop thinking, go to the Word and do what the Word told you. I just feel, stop feeling, go to the Word and do what the Word told you to do. Why? Because His Word will not return void. He said, I'm not a man that I should lie. That's why the man came to him and said, uh, Master, help my baby. My baby boy, he's, he, he's, he's irate and anytime they try to take him away, he starts foaming at the mouth and gnashing his teeth and tears the people apart. And he said, oh, you faithless generation, how long am I going to be with you? He said, bring him to me. They started bringing him to him. And as soon as they did, pastor, he started acting out again. The Bible says, when he saw him. The spirit began to get irate again, fell on the ground and began to foam at the mouth. And, the, and Jesus said to the daddy, how long has it been like this? And he said, since he was just a boy. Bring him to me. He said, he said you need to understand something. If you can just believe, if you'll just believe, nothing is impossible if you'll just believe. And here's what dad said. Okay, Because I know there's some people in this place tonight that are saying, I believe, I just can't get over doubt. 
I'm telling you, it's a mind game. Because it's your heart that's believing, but it's your mind. It's that natural thing that you can't get rid of that is totally disobedient to the Word of God. And that man said, Oh, Master, I believe. That ain't a problem. I believe. My problem is, is there's disbelief in my life. There's things that I just can't wrap my mind. It doesn't make sense to me. And there's, I want to believe that my boy can be made whole. But when I look at him, I'm foaming from the mouth and wiggling around on the ground and tearing people's clothes off of their back. He said, there's a part of me that says it'll never happen. But it's amazing to me because you can read the story. In Mark chapter 9. Because Jesus says, if you'll believe. And he said, oh, I do believe. I just got this unbelief in my life. And Jesus did not even directly address what he said. Because the next thing he did was casted the spirit out of the boy. Now, that, that goes against everything that we believe, Sister Chase. Because we believe that there's no way there can be doubt in our spirit and faith at the same time and God will do it. And I'm here to tell you tonight, that's not true. Why? Because you're a fleshly person. You're natural. You're carnal. And don't matter, don't matter how, many, how, how hard you try or how many times you go at it, Brother Zach, there's always going to be a part of you that says, I don't know if it's going to happen or not. There's always going to be a part of you that says, I'm not sure about that. But let me tell you what the man did right. Even though he looked at what was going on and couldn't believe, there was enough belief in him to act upon what his heart was trying to tell him that came to Jesus and asked for help. Oh, y'all didn't catch that. I said even though there was unbelief in his life, there was still enough belief in his life to come to the Lord. Let me tell you, the only way disobedience or disbelief or unbelief will hinder you in approach to God is when it trumps your belief. The only way that unbelief disqualifies you is when your unbelief outweighs your belief. What do you mean? I'll say it like this. I know everybody under the sound of my voice believes what I'm preaching tonight because you wouldn't still be sitting in the seat if you didn't. But I'm trying to tell you tonight that there may be enough, a, a, enough unbelief that will keep you in your seat here in just a moment and you won't be able to receive what it is God has for you because while I believe, I'm going to let my doubt outweigh my belief. Because I got up before and it didn't happen. Because I did it before and it didn't happen. Let me tell you, it may not have been God's timing yet. But just because it wasn't God's timing yet doesn't mean the Word of God was off and it doesn't mean the preacher was off because to everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under the heaven. And only God knows what's going on and when it's going to happen and how it's going to happen. But we do have the Word that says all you have to do is come unto Me. All ye that are weary and heavy laden and I will give you rest. Let me prove it to you. Can I prove it to you? I didn't ask permission for this because I didn't get the time. So I'm just going to be real anonymous in what I'm saying. And I, I, I'm pretty sure it'll be okay. I hope it's okay. 
But uh, this happened to me. This happened to me just a few weeks ago. Y'all, y'all okay? Y'all doing okay? Uh, there was a few weeks ago that I believe, I don't even remember how it came about now, but it was towards the end of a service, and I approached an individual here, right up here at the altar. And I said, uh, I said, I, 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 now, now let me preface this by saying, there wasn't a loud voice in my ear that said, healing's coming. And, and there wasn't, there wasn't a, a, a vision that I had. I just felt something in my spirit. So I was praying for this individual. And after I got done praying, I said, I believe healing's happening in your body. And you, you ever heard something like that? And you're hurting and you want to believe it? I could tell they wanted to believe it. They were just hurting. And so I left, and I didn't, I'll be honest, I really didn't even think much about it. Well, it was about a week later. I got caught, and, and they said, you remember what you told me? And I said, yeah, I remember what, what I told you about, about, about healing coming. He said, oh, he, they said, I went home, and I was, I was standing in the mirror. Got up one, one morning, I was standing in the mirror. He said, and I wasn't feeling very good. He said, and I, rem- I remembered what you told me. The healing was coming. And he said, this is the thought that came across my mind. He's just a young preacher. He's just a young preacher. And uh, I thought, that's okay. Ain't, ain't the first time I've heard it. I'm not, I'm not offended by that. I found out, Brother Ezel, they did Jesus that way too. He showed up and started teaching them. And they said, how do you know this? You ain't even 50 years old yet. It's in the Bible. He said, so all you young people... It's okay. It's all right. There's a reason why God didn't take you from 25 to 50. Because it don't matter what age you are. All that matters is you follow after what God tells you to do. And so, and I know they didn't mean it this way. That, that's just the first natural thought. But, but he said, I, I, went, I went about my day. And later on, he said, he said, I got to feeling bad again. And he said, something came over me. And he said, you know what? I've been sick for a long time now, but I'm not going to be sick anymore. He said, in that moment, I chose to take what you said, and I began to apply dominion over that thing. And I just began, y'all feel faith rising in the house? He said, I took dominion over that thing, and I spoke and said, I'm going to be healed. Healing is taking place in my body. Wouldn't you believe it? Just a few days later, he said, healing took over my body. And he said, I'm standing here before you a week later, and I feel pretty good right now. Why? Because the devil's going to try to whisper in your ear and tell you, ah, it's just a young preacher. Oh, it's just a young man. Oh, they might have... No, no, no. Put some action with the Word. That's all right. You can sit down. You don't have to believe me tonight, but I'm here to preach to somebody, and that is this. If you'll just take God's Word and you'll just mix it with some faith, you'll be amazed at what God can do in your life. Want to know why? Because He's no respecter of persons. He don't care whether you're young or whether you're old. He don't care whether you're male or female. He doesn't matter what, it doesn't matter to Him what color your skin is or what side of the tracks you live on. All that matters is they took me at my word. And when you take God at His word, He'll do what He said He would do. 
All it takes to get from where you're at to where God's Word told you you're going to be is just a little bit of action. Because we believe the Word, but sometimes it's hard to get our flesh moving in that direction. I know, I know I'm talking about responding to the Word. Somebody said, I just don't believe you should preach for a response. Well, I agree. I agree. I agree I shouldn't preach for a response. And I know what they're trying to say. You don't preach so people clap their hands. And you don't preach so somebody shouts amen. But let me say it like this. When you hear the Word, and you believe the Word, you ought to want to clap your hands. And when you hear the Word and it agrees with the Holy Ghost that He put within your spirit, you ought to want to shout Amen. Why? Because I believe His Word. And when I believe His Word, I believe that if I'll just mix it a little bit with some faith, incredible things will happen in my life. I believe His Word. I believe His Word. I believe His Word. Come help me, I'm quitting. Come help me, I'm quitting. Come help me, come help me, I'm quitting. Whoever's, whoever's playing tonight. That's why Paul wrote to Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 1. We always talk about verse 7. We don't really ever refer to verse number 6. But he said this, I put in thee in remembrance. I, I'm going to drop a reminder in your spirit, Timothy. Stir up the gift that is within you. You know what he was saying? I know you got the Holy Ghost. And I know you got a calling on your life. And I know you have, I, I know you know how to quote Bible verses. But what I'm asking of you, Timothy, is just remember to mix it just a little bit. Because Timothy, I promise you, if you'll just mix it, God can do more than what you ever imagined that He can do. Something about exceeding and abundantly above all that we could ask or think if we'll just take the time. Stand with me all across the house. I'm finished preaching, I promise. Can I, can I tell you one story? And then what I'm going to do here, I've, I've been quoting things at you. I've been, I've been telling you about the Word of God, so I'm not going to poke you and prod you. I'm just going to release you to act upon God's Word. Somebody here can get the Holy Ghost. And somebody, I already believe that Sister Pearson's healed. I already believe it. Sis, I already believe you're healed. Why? Because they said, I know what the Word said, but I'll step out in faith and believe what God told me to do. I'll mix it a little bit. I was in a church Sunday. Blessed to be able to preach the Word of God Sunday in a different house of worship. God's blessing that church in Harrisburg. And they're, they're, they're seeing growth, and I, I thank God for it. But I walked in, everybody said, everybody, it's kind of like what happens here every once in a while. You walk in, everybody's on one side or the other, you know. Everybody, other than three people, sat on this side, probably 40 people there, and everybody but three people sat on this side of the church. So I just preached like this all Sunday morning. I was preaching the Word. You know, you know how it goes every once in a while? You know, when you hear the Word all the time, when you hear the Word all the time, it just kind of, you know, it's just kind of like hearing mom say clean your room. You know, you hear it, but you don't really hear it. 
you know. Anybody remember those days? Some of y'all are like, uh-uh, she wouldn't let me forget. But I was preaching the Word, and I could tell it was just kind of preaching to some people. But I looked out, and I saw two gentlemen in the crowd that I could tell with every word that the Lord spoke through me, they were feasting on it. Brother Pearson, I felt the Lord have me bring the people to the front. Sister, Sister Chase, as I brought the people to the front, I knew who God was dealing with. You see it all over their lives. I didn't know it till after church. One man had been sober for 13 weeks, drugs and alcohol. And the man right next to him, God, had he'd been sober for 15 weeks, drugs and alcohol. God began to deal with them. What I didn't know, Sister Pearson, is one gentleman, just a couple nights before, Sister Marissa, had texted their buddy and said, I just bought a case of beer. 15 weeks sober. I just bought me a case of beer. I'm taking it to the house. I can't handle this anymore. And his buddy sitting next to him that day messaged him back. They showed me the message. They showed me the text message where he texted him and he said, I don't know why, but I just feel like this weekend's going to be a pivotal moment in our lives. We can do this. The man saw the message. He said, I took the beer home. But I never even popped the cap on it. I threw it in the dumpster. And I decided to come to church this morning. I watched as God filled both of them with the Holy Ghost Sunday morning in Harrisburg, Arkansas. Why? Because the Word is just the Word when you're used to it. But when you're desperate for God to do something, there was two gentlemen who said, I've been sober for just a few weeks, but I believe I'll take what the Word's telling me. I'll mix it with a little bit of faith. And when they mixed it with faith, God filled them both with the Holy Ghost. And God can do the same for somebody else in the building. He's no respecter of persons. 